introduce to you the Mike Bomb Podcast. Every night and I pray Asking Lord let him hear I got something to say There's a fear out there When it's coming your way Don't let it stop you From living for what you were made It's not a dream It's a destiny Alright Welcome to the Mike Bomb Podcast I know we've been gone for About a week or two But we're back at it With your host me Shayla Co-host Kayla Lewis And we're kicking off the show With our special guest Kyle Boone from CBS Sports Kyle would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, good morning. Uh, my name is Kyle Boone. I am from CBS Sports. I've been covering college basketball, NBA draft since uh, 2016 at CBS Sports. I'm really enjoying it. This is the best time of year for me personally. March Madness is in full swing. Conference tournament action is happening. So nice. yeah, uh, this, is, uh, this is kind of paradise for me this time of year. I know it's really busy, but it's also really fun. So glad to join you guys and uh, and meet you guys over the over the zoom live awesome yeah we're glad to meet you too but it's time to get started because like you said march madness is literally right around the corner and it's crazy how it was just yesterday that college basketball was just getting started and now we're nearly at the you know we're nearly at the deadline yeah with all of this being said are there any teams right now that's in the tournament that you are the most excited for Mm, mm. there's a lot of teams that I'm really excited for. So I love that you're, you're leaving this one open for interpretation. My favorite team I think is going to be Houston this year. And, you know, there's a lot of power conference teams that are really good this season. Alabama, I think has a case to be the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament. Kansas has more quadrant one wins than anyone else in college basketball. They may be the number one overall seed, but Houston, They've dominated the American Athletic Conference this season. Uh, they play a really physical style where they just completely pound teams on the offensive glass. They're very physical. They play a slow pace. And Kelvin Sampson is the coach there. Done a great job. Um, and I like this team. I feel like they're the most competitive and physical team in college basketball. That feels like it's going to translate uh, to success in the NCAA tournament. So, yeah, I, th- I think I like Houston. I think right now, if I'm picking a bracket, we don't know what the bracket's going to look like until Sunday, obviously, but I like Houston, I think, to to win the national championship because they have so many different components that I think translate well to the postseason. Yeah, I agree. But is there any team right now, do you believe, that is being overlooked headed into mm. the tournament out of the guides? Yeah, Um it feels dirty to say, but I feel like Duke is being overlooked. Um, and everyone loves Duke and loves to hate on Duke, more importantly. But this Duke team is pretty talented. They seem to be figuring things out at just the right time. You know, coming into the season, you know, they they have, you know, three top five recruits, all five stars, you know, guys who I think most people projected to be lottery picks. And it didn't work early in the season. You know, there was a lot of inconsistencies with this Duke team, but they seem to have figured things out here over the last, I don't know, six weeks or so. Um, And I don't think people have quite noticed just how good they have been over the last month. So 
They're, they're playing the ACC tournament title game today. I like them over Virginia in that spot. Even if they lose, though, the way that they have figured things out uh, down the stretch here, I feel like people are sleeping on them. The, talent for talent, they're going to match up with just about anyone. And, you know, if they're a four or a five or a six seed in the NCAA tournament, like that's kind of unfair. Uh, so people are definitely going to be overlooking them because, you know, just strictly from a talent perspective, um, you know, they're like borderline one seed, two seed territory, and and they have not performed like that this season. So they're going to end up being overlooked. And I think uh, that would be a mistake. Yeah, I definitely agree with their history of, you know, succeeding in moments like this, whether they are being looked or overlooked, I don't find it wise. And this is speaking from a Tar Heel fan here. But, <laughs> um, I don't believe it's wise to overlook a team who's arguably, you know, history-wise behind the Tar Heels, the most experienced and the most successful in these type of tournaments, especially around this time of the year. But speaking of Duke and their success, and obviously you and I both can agree that they are being overlooked, what do you think will be the floor and the ceiling for them heading into this tournament? Oof. Uh, the floor, they could go out in the first round. I think that's very much on the table for this Duke team. They've had some some high highs this season, but they've had some lows too, and they've been susceptible to throwing out some stinkers. So it depends on the matchup. Obviously, we don't know the bra the bracket and what it'll look like yet, but you know, if, if this Duke team gets a four seed and, and loses in the first round to a 13 seed, wouldn't be the most shocking thing. That being said, I feel like this Duke team can legitimately win the national championship just because they have so much depth. They have so much young talent. Um, yeah, I don't want to bore you with all the names, but I mean, like Derek Lively is, was a guy who was a top three recruit and looks like a legit superstar at the center spot. He, he can really defend at a high level and is playing with a ton of confidence. Dariq Whitehead, another guy who's a five-star recruit, top five recruit, playing with a ton of confidence. He's he's turning a corner down the stretch here. So they have a lot of weapons on this team. And, you know, I think inside out, you know, guard play, wing play, center play, really from top to bottom, they have a lot of talent on this roster. So I won't be picking Duke to win the national championship. I am uh, I'm very much on board with being a little bit of a Duke hater. And I, I'm not just pandering to you as a UNC fan, but uh, yeah, I, I think Duke can legitimately win it all. I just won't be picking them. Well, yeah, definitely because they just lost their iconic head coach like a year ago to retirement. So the fact yeah. that they're even here mm -hmm. in the dance, it's just tells you everything about their basketball program that you need to know and why them and the Tar Heels both rival is, is what it is within prestige. Yep. But speaking of the Tar Heels, before we get into the national championship game, what are your thoughts about them? Because as a Tar Heel fan, I am sick to my stomach what I saw. I'm just disappointed. I'm embarrassed. And it's just, I don't know what, excuse me for my language, but I just don't know what the hell happened to this team. You've only lost one player, but you look like you've lost them all. And it's just a hot mess right now, especially down the stretch with the, you know, with the tournament and everything on the line. And you just let it slip out. Yeah, it's a hot mess. It's disgusting. It's icky. It's it's all the words for this Carolina team. You come into the season um, after going all the way to the national championship game. They did lose, but brought back four or five starters, um, and the pieces were there for this to be like the clear best team in college basketball. I was totally fine with UNC being ranked number one coming into the season. 
they just have not performed like that at all. Um, it's very bizarre. It feels like there's a lot of team cohesive problems where I'm not sure this team really likes each other. They definitely don't play well together. And um, they've had so many opportunities to kind of get over the hump to, to really like solidify its resume to get into the NCAA tournament. You know, right now, Jerry Palm, who I work with, thinks that the Tar Heels are going to miss the NCAA tournament. They would be the first to ever be the preseason number one and go on to miss the NCAA tournament. So it's really disappointing what North Carolina has done, has been this season. Brady Manick was really the only starter that they missed from last season's roster. And you look back, it's like, man, was Brady Manick like the best player in college basketball or what? Like, it's just really bizarre um, how this team just has not been able to figure it out. And it feels like down the stretch, they just kind of like threw their hands up and quit, um, which is good. I'm tired of watching this Carolina team. I don't want to see them in the, in the NCAA tournament. So it uh, seems like they all did us a favor here. Honestly, yes. I, you know, based off what I've been seeing this whole year, and it hurts to say as a Tar Heel fan, I do not see them going all the way to the national championship. And we all know as a Tar Heel fan that that's the standard. It's either that or it's nothing. And they would not been able to meet that standard this year. But you said there's possibly team cohesiveness that can definitely be a factor in here. You're not 100% sure whether they like each other or not. So do you think it'll be fair to say that there might have been an ego problem within every player or at least in the starting five of that team? Because Khalid Love, you know, started to get big, you know, marketing and things like that and started to become a star player. So it's like, would you blame that on, you know, individual egos or just straight up miscommunication? Yeah, I, I think it's almost baked into the system that Carolina runs. Um you know, they, they gave Caleb Love a ton of freedom within this offense to kind of do whatever he wanted. And they have two really talented guards, Caleb Love and, and RJ Davis. When they are playing at a high level, I mean, this team can win the NCAA tournament. They could be national champions. And last year we saw it when they were playing well together off of each other. I mean, RJ Davis was kind of the lead initiator, Caleb Love kind of serving in a role as kind of a scoring guard. And that worked really well. Uh, down the stretch they you know they played as well as just about anyone uh, for like a six week span there but yeah like it, uh, the system with which they play this year just it it has not worked um, it's it's kind of the bizarro version of what they did last season Caleb Love takes terrible shots um, I, I can't imagine that his teammates are in love with that uh, with with the way in which he plays and um so that dynamic is kind of weird, um, and I don't I don't know how exactly his teammates are responding, but clearly what what system they ran this season did not work. And when you have you know the talent with Armando Baycott, a guy who I thought could be the best big man in college basketball, and R.J. Davis, who I think has a case to be a, an All American this year, one of the best true lead guards in college basketball, and you can't get to the NCAA tournament, like you have problems. So. I think there's more that meets the eye with this Carolina team beyond just the fact that it didn't really work on the basketball court. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, obviously it was total dysfunction, miscommunication. Um, I will say it was ego problems because of RJ Davis and um, Kalela, but not just them two, but it was just everyone was feeling themselves. Even after blowing like a 17-point lead, 
in the previous national championship game where you had that game in the bag. And I was just not Crazy. a happy camper about that at all. I don't think they should have done that. And coming off the hype of losing a game definitely played a role, which is why we're talking about them in a way that I am not too comfortable with talking about them. But obviously, <laughs> you have to tell it like it is. So there we have it. And this is the position that the Tar Heels put us in. But back to the basis of the Tar Heels and their dysfunction, who would you solely blame this on? Would it be the players just not getting it done, or would it be the coaching or all the above? Oh, yeah. I think it's all the above. Uh, The coaching hasn't been great. You know, really outside of, um, you know, like a four- to five-week stretch last season, uh, the the coaching has not – necessarily been great um and it's hard to kind of measure up to unc standards because you're talking about roy williams who who hubert davis replaced like that is a very very high bar to clear uh but you clearly whatever worked last year at the end of the season was not able to to correlate and translate this season um from from a coaching perspective you know talent wise it still feels like Carolina is a top 10 team this season, just in terms of talent. And when you can't get to the big dance with that level of talent, yeah, I think it's probably a little bit of coaching. It's a little bit of the players. It's a little bit of egos. It's a lot of things have to go wrong. I think if you're that talented uh, to be in a position where Carolina is. And uh, so I don't want to blame the coach. I don't want to blame Caleb Love or Armando Baycott. There's a lot of things going on here. I think everyone takes at least some blame. The NIL era has changed things. Obviously, players can cash in on their name, image, and likeness. And and that probably plays some factor as well. Armando Baycott's probably raking in a lot of money. And I bet there's players on that team that think, hey, you know, that's that's interesting. I'm not making that much money. Maybe it matters. Maybe it doesn't. But there's a lot of different dynamics that I think are in play here that you know, for, for a myriad reasons, uh, this Carolina team just did not click. Yeah. So moving forward, what would be your advice to the North Carolina Tar Heels as mm. to get back to being what we know them to be, at least a team that's relevant in the dance? Yeah. You know, this Carolina team needs a reset. Um, I'm curious to see who comes back and who stays in this era of college basketball, you can remake your team in one off season and do it pretty easily. Carolina is in a spot where they can dip into the best of both worlds. Carolina is one of the biggest blue bloods in the sport. Uh, so if they want to go and get the five stars, the guys who can be one and dones as, as high school recruits, McDonald's all Americans, they can go do that. They can also, and, and I think we've seen this, very successful um, at at the high major level, you can go to the transfer portal. You could find guys from, you know, St. Mary's or from UCF or, you know, name your mid-major who are successful at the mid-major level, bring them up to your level and, and they can be stars um, at Carolina. So I think they're the best strategies are kind of a mix of both. You look at, kind of Kansas and Kentucky have done a pretty good job of that. Kansas dipped out of the transfer portal, got uh, Kevin McCuller from Texas tech. Who's, who's been, I think one of their best defensive players this year. They also landed a McDonald's all American and Grady Dick, who's a five-star recruit. 
And that team is on the, on the brink of potentially being the number one seed in the NCAA tournament. So I think Carolina will, will need to adapt. They'll need to adjust um, kind of their strategy and how they compile their roster. But I don't think it's a panic time. It's just one of those years where, you know, you're, sec- you're in your second season, Hubert Davis is. You're trying to figure things out. You figure out, hey, this didn't work. How can I fix it? And I, I think probably doing a blend of landing some some blue chippers from the high school ranks and also dipping into the transfer portal um, is probably the recipe for success moving forward. Yeah, because as talented as this Carolina team was this year, on paper at least, it's just not been it. And it's just been an embarrassment, it's just been a hot mess. Um, not liking and it leaves bad taste in my mouth because out of all my sports teams headed into this year, this was the one I had the most faith in because of what yeah. I've seen the previous years. And I'm talking in all sports. Um, I just knew where my other teams were heading into that year. No, one team turned that around, which hopefully we can get into um, the show before, you know, we have to let you go. But I don't know what to do with the Star Hill team this year. I think it's they should just throw in the towel. I don't see them getting into the dance. I wouldn't want them to because I don't see them going beyond the first round. I really don't. It's just miscommunication, just, you know, miss everything, in my yep. opinion, within the coaching, the scheme, the players, the communication, the chemistry. It's just not there. It's more star power and Eagles than it is chemistry and willing to win games. And that's why we're here where we are. But speaking of the Tar Heels, they were in the national championship game against the defending champions, Kansas. What do you think is the best odds for them to defend that, to successfully defend their national championship again this year? Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love Kansas this year. And I think coming into the year, you know, they lost several guys to the NBA draft. You kind of wonder how they're going to remake themselves. If you actually go back, you know, Kansas and their coach, Bill Self, who's a Hall of Famer, missed some time earlier in this season due to a self-imposed suspension because of uh, some violations that they they committed um, and admitted to. Um, so it's been kind of a, a roller coaster year for this Kansas team, but they, lo and behold, they they figured things out. Um, they've, they won the big 12, which was by far the toughest conference in college basketball this year. And they won it by multiple games. And it's really interesting. This Kansas team, you know, historically has relied on kind of dominant big men, um, to, to kind of carry them. David McCormick last year was fantastic, uh, down the stretch and, and helped them win the national championship. You go back through the years. I mean, Tariq Black was really good. Uh, Perry Ellis, who people probably will remember, uh, they don't really have kind of a true traditional big man that they play through, but they have modernized their system. They've figured out a way to play through their guards and through their wings. And they have a really dynamic small ball lineup with, with KJ Adams, who's like all of six foot seven and 180 pounds, very physical rebounder. This team is, is very physical on the boards in general from guards to wings. And I like their chances to win the national championship. I mean, we're talking about a team that has the best resume in college basketball. Uh, chance to be the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament. Uh, the betting odds right now don't have them as the favorite, but um, they're right there just behind Houston. And I think if you like Kansas over the rest of the field, 
I wouldn't fault you for it. They have, you know, one of the best coaches in the sport. They have talent uh, from, you know, for experienced guys, from transfer guys, from blue chippers who I mentioned earlier, Grady Dick, who's a five-star, could be a top 10 pick in the draft. So I like Kansas this year. I mean, it's, it's very, very difficult to go back to back and win the national championship, but uh, Kansas right now is, is positioned to potentially do exactly that. Yeah. So who do you see? Obviously you're picking dumbass to win the national championship, correct? I'm picking Houston to win the national championship, but I, if I, depending on my bracket, I mean, I, I think Kansas will be like a lot to go to the final four. Um, we'll see okay. what the matchups look like. So just for clarification purposes here, who do you have as the two teams competing this year in the national championship game? Mm. I'll go Houston, Kansas. Um, now they could come out of the same side of the bracket, which would mean they would meet in the final four and not the title game. But if they're from different sides of the bracket, I think Houston and Kansas would, would be my pick. Houston, very physical. Um, they have kind of figured out a way to blend kind of the, the young superstars with the transfer guys, with the, with the veteran guys. Um, Jarris Walker is a guy who was a five-star recruit, not a guy who typically would go to Houston, but has really showcased himself as an elite talent, a guy who I think will be a lottery pick in the draft. He gives them a physicality inside that is really, really dangerous for this Houston team. They, they crush people on, on the glass. They play a really slow plotting style, which is very difficult to match up against. So I like their style. I think their, their guard play is really good. Um, what they do, I think, will translate to postseason success. And it has over the years under Kelvin Sampson. Um, so I, I like them to, to go to the championship game. And then on the other side, I would, I would pick Kansas, depending on the bracket, obviously. Um, but the, the style they play is very similar to, to Houston in that they're very physical. Um, they don't have a ton of size, which I think could be a problem. You know, if they're matched up with, with someone who was dominant on the interior, um, but their guard plays fantastic. Their wing play is really good. Uh, they seem to kind of know who they are. One of the most experienced teams in college basketball. And um, I think there's a quote. I don't remember who, who gave it. But basically, it's the quote is, you get old and stay old in college basketball. And, and that's a recipe for success. Kansas has gotten old and they've stayed old this season. And uh, I feel like it, it's obviously working what they're doing right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Kayla, you like to ask him or tap in? Yeah, I've got a selfish question here uh, coming from the G League. Any teams that you feel like, um, you know, NBA execs definitely need to keep an eye out for? Mm, mm. So you're talking from a scouting perspective, like college basketball teams to watch this year? Okay. Um, oh, man, I hate to do it. Uh I think it's Duke again. I'll go back to the Duke. Well, Duke is so interesting. Um, you know, they don't, they haven't had like the, the year that people expected, but you know, you go to the recruiting rankings, Kyle Filipowski was a top five recruit. He's been fantastic. He, I think he's been their best player. He's you know six foot 10 can shoot the three has kind of served as the hub of that offense. I think will be a first round pick. Derek Lively was uh, a top five recruit. And at one point, the number one recruit in his class, he's a seven footer. He's really come on as I think one of the best shot blockers in college basketball, a guy who I think will be kind of like a, a lob threat, a rim protecting threat at the next level. 
Tyrese Proctor, um, another five-star who reclassified. He's, he's very young, but has come on strong of late. He's got a really good frame as a, as a point guard, really good playmaker, another guy who I think could be on the first-round radar. And Jeremy Roach has been really good. He's a veteran. I think will play in the NBA. Um, Dariq Whitehead is the other one who I would mention, and I feel like I'm just like reading off of a list. But the Duke team is, is so talented. They have so many guys who I think will be playing in the NBA. Um, so, yeah, if you're, if you're picking one team, I know it's, it's fun to hate on Duke, but you can hate watch Duke and still love their talent. And I think uh, that would be my recommendation for sure. I mean, you guys are speaking a new language to me. I am a Big Ten country person uh, that got transplanted to ACC country. So still yeah. learning the things. Um, love it. Yeah, love it. And there's a lot of good talent in the in the Big Ten, too. I mean, um, I think of like Michigan has, you know, Jet Howard, who's been really good. Jawan Howard's son, by the way, if that one makes you feel really, really old. Um, Jed, Jed Howard's been really good this season. A guy who, you know, he's, he's Juwan Howard's son. So there were some expectations that he would be a good college player, but he's been a fantastic college player and potentially a one and done player. Um, really good shooter, really good size. I think a versatile defender. Um, I won't, I won't go on too long, but there, yeah, there's a lot of talent, uh, that's going to be in the NCAA tournament this year. So yeah, if you're if you're a fan of uh, NBA teams and and maybe uh, teams that are in the mix to be a lottery team, there's a lot of talent in this year's NCAA tournament for sure. Yeah, and that leads to me asking a question about who do you think you would be the most excited for to see in the NBA if you had to pick at least five players. Hmm, it's so tough because this year's draft class, like. If you look at the top of it, Victor Wimanyama is going to be the number one pick, but he's playing in France. Scoot Henderson, probably the number two pick, but he's playing in the G League, um, the G League Ignite. Um, Amen and Osar Thompson are playing for Overle Overtime Elite. So, like, some of the best talents in this year's draft class are playing in non-college formats, um, which is very unusual. Let me name my five though. So number one, I think will be Brandon Miller from Alabama. He's you know six foot nine, a fantastic a shot maker, shooting above forty percent from three this season. Um, not super athletic, but I think his scoring ability, his creation ability, is going to translate right away. He's been the best player on arguably the best team in college basketball this season. That is very much a rarity. Um, you look back over the years, like that's Zion Williamson level, Anthony Davis level. Um, so he's he's been really good. I think his skills will translate uh, right away to the NBA. Keontae George from Baylor would be my other one. Um, I have an editor, Audie Joseph, who who compared him to uh, Bradley Beal, and I feel like it's it may be a little bit much, but. His, his skill level, his scoring level um, is very reminiscent to Bradley Beal. He's, he's very smooth, can play the one and the two. He's a good shooter, a good creator. Really excited about him. Baylor's going to be a top three seed in the NCAA tournament. Um, and, and if they make a run, I think it will be because of him. Cam Whitmore from Villanova. Villanova is on the bubble. I'm not sure they're going to make the NCAA tournament, but Whitmore is a guy who, who's going to be a top 10 pick in this draft. Really came on strong. Um, Last summer on kind of the FIBA circuit was was competing and uh, and doing a great job and and 
I, I think will probably be a lot to be a lottery pick. Really excited about his NBA prospects. Um, uh, let me go down the list here. Alabama, up Kansas, uh, Grady Dick, who I've <clears> mentioned <throat> way too many times already. Um, white guy who can shoot. He's pretty athletic. He's got a great three-point shot. Um, well, let's go one more. Um, yeah, te so Texas has a, a really small guard named Tyrese Hunter, who I think is pretty interesting. A guy who's a little bit off the radar, doesn't fit the quite the mold of like definite NBA starter, but really bulldog defender can get up in your face. I think he's a good creator. I think he'll play in the NBA. He's top 30 on my board, but uh, I know I'm a little bit more aggressive um, on that front. But there's, yeah, there's a, I mean, I could go down the list. There's a lot of really good quality future NBA players that'll be in the NCAA tournament this year. Okay. I have another selfish question for you really quick. How do oh, yeah. you feel like those non-college formats can help or hurt a player? I mean, you mentioned Scoot Henderson. Um, granted, again, selfishly, in the G League and, you know, with Winter Showcase this past December, you know, you had, you know, the Ignite and Scoot playing against talents like a Mac McClung, a Bryce McGowan who just, you know, signed a contract with the Hornets and is there full time, yeah. you know. How do you feel like that's kind of changed the game? Yeah, I think I think it's mostly been positive. Um, I was a little nervous about how that would affect players in particular. I think college basketball will be fine no matter what, um, just because there's always a huge platform. You know, there's always going to be players that emerge from that level. Um, <clears throat> but you know, from a developmental standpoint, that was my biggest concern for players was you're going to get the bag, right? Like that, that was kind of the whole goal is you go to the G league ignite, you can cash in on your name, image and likeness, and you can get professional coaching, uh, before you go to the NBA. And, um, I was curious what level of competition they would face, what, what level of development they would get from, from these coaching, uh, staffs. And I think for the most part, it's been really good for, um, from the G League perspective, in particular, I mean Jalen Green um, developed there was was a was a top three pick in the NBA draft. Uh, Scoot Henderson has emerged as as someone who was who was clearly going to be a top three pick in in this year's draft. And um, so I think the they've answered a lot of questions um, for for prospects and in, in in a lot of regards. Overtime Elite, um, you know, kind of when I talk to people in the scouting community about it. There's still some questions about um, the level of competition they face, how, how beneficial it is for them as they develop into NBA draft prospects, but they have no doubt invested a ton of resources in that league. They're trying to improve the level of competition. The coaching is really good. The nutrition is really good. It's kind of like an all inclusive experience and I think that's what they're they're aiming for. They're they're trying to get these kids educated still, which I think is really important. And um, so yeah, like I I think these um, these other non college forums have mostly been good for basketball. I'm all for players being able to to cash in on on their name, image, and likeness and their value um, to the market. 
I think they have mostly been able to do that. And now you can do that at the college level. So it's kind of like pick your poison. You, you can go whichever route you choose. If you don't want to go to college, you can go to the G League Ignite. You can go to Overtime Elite and, and still become an NBA player, um, as, as we've seen uh, over the last few years. Yeah, awesome. Um, before we let you go, is there any team that you'll be the most excited for headed into next year based off what you saw this year? Mm. Okay. So I've stuck with my blue blood guns here. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Kentucky and um, it's not because of what I've seen this season. It's what I think I'll see from, from Kentucky next season. I'm pulling up the, the commits here. So in the 2023 uh, recruiting class, Kentucky is enrolling number two recruit, Justin Edwards, number three recruit, DJ Wagner, Number four recruit, Aaron Bradshaw. Number nine recruit, Robert Dillingham. And number 30 recruit, Reed Shepard. I think talent for talent, this might be the best top-end talent that John Calipari has had at Kentucky since probably John Wall was there. And uh, it's been kind of a struggle for Kentucky the last few years. They lost to St. Peter's last year in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Kentucky was a two-seed they lost to a 15th seed in St. Peter's, who, by the way, is the Peacocks. They lost to the Peacocks in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Not great if you're a Hall of Famer. So, um, But they've been pretty good this season. I think they'll be in the NCAA tournament. And I really like them to, to maybe be a dark horse contender this season. Um, I have no idea what that roster is going to look like next year. I mean, th they could completely turn things over. But the talent that they have on the way, I think this is, uh, this is a chance for Kentucky kentucky to kind of remake itself next season so really excited about their prospects uh i know kentucky fans probably during the season were ready to to ship john calipari off back to umass or something but um the talent that they're gonna have next season you know even if john calipari's maybe lost his fastball a little bit it's it'd be really hard to screw that team up i think they'll be a clear top five team entering the season and will be one of the best i think uh, talent for talent with just about anyone yeah, I definitely can see that with Kentucky. To me, they always had an underrated basketball program. So for sure. even though this has been a rough year for practically all the teams that we did not expect to have a rough year, but Kentucky, yep. without question, to me, will be back if they don't make it in this year. So unfortunately, that's all we have. Kayla, you would like to add anything before we sign off? Nope. All right, uh, Mr. Boom. Thank you for being our special guest for this episode. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the conclusion of this episode of the Mike Bomb Podcast. If you haven't already, please give this guy a follow on Twitter at Kyle underscore Boom. Give Kayla a follow at Indy underscore Redhead. Give me a follow at Shay Max Sports. This is your host, me, Shayla, your co-host, Kayla, signing out. And this has been the Mike Bomb Podcast. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Welcome to the Mike Bomb Podcast, the podcast where the bombs get thrown. Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode. This is your host, May Shayla, exiting out. But before I do, I would like to take the time to thank everyone who has subscribed, followed, and listened to the podcast and for your overall support and love. If you are interested in getting more news and updates about the podcast, such as new episodes, new seasons, you can now subscribe and follow the podcast on your favorite platforms, 
such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Pandora Radio, Google Podcasts, and much more. Or you can visit www.themikebomb.com for news updates within your favorite sport leagues, along with more news about the podcast. Thank you for your support and see you next episode. Thank you both. It's great talking with you.